Good morning. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. My name is Jeff Dean. I have the privilege to be the family life pastor here at Bridge, and I'm getting I'm ready to hear what God wants to do today. Right? Amen. I'm excited. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, I was preparing this week for my message. You know, God brought to me His nature, the goodness and His greatness of God. We sang about that today. I didn't realize that those songs were in there. But I really, I really believe today that God wants to speak to you today, and he's gonna, he wants to let you know that he's good. He's good. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in my message. He's only good, but he's great. That is his nature. That is his character. That's who he is. And some of us sees him, see him as, as bad or, or some tyrant or someone who's against them. But listen, God loves you, and he's a good God. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to begin my message with an attempted humor. Yeah, I can already hear it right now. Who likes dad jokes? Anyone here? I see some hands. I like dad jokes. Um, I'm going to give you a a, a few of them today. You ready? See how good you guys are. I don't want you to answer. I'll just give you the answer, okay? So you'll get what I mean. Okay, Okay, first one is, where was King David's temple located? Beside his ear, his temple. Yes. Yes, some of you guys will laugh. You're like, man, that's bad. Don't say that ever again. Okay. Uh, Okay, next one is why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Yeah, because it would be a foot. Paul, you heard that one before, didn't you? The last one I have for you, why did an old man fall in a well? Oh, yes, because he couldn't see that well. Dave, man, he, we got some smart people here. So dad jokes have become the thing, you know, uh, lately in the last couple of years. And they are funny. But uh, when we think about dad jokes is the answer that we get is not what usually what you're thinking, right? It's like, kind of like you were think, usually thinking one direction and then it like flips on you, and it's like 180, right? Because your mind's going one way, and it re- kind of reverses your train of thought of, into a new reality. Like, I never thought about it that way. Um, it brings a lot of humor and lots of laughs, uh, but they are kind of deceptive by nature because it's the purpose of them to twist you and help you look the other way. And that, that's what dad jokes kind of are. And uh, in a way, you know, when we, we go through life, you know, things can come up that kind of can twist things, and we can't see very clearly. We can't, we can't do anything. Has anyone ever been scammed before? I, I have been scammed. I hate to tell you this, but I have. And I've been scammed on Facebook, and I've been scammed on other things. And, and you know, when you believe someone is telling you the truth, you know, that, that's what a scam is. They lie and they deceive you. All right? It, it stinks. At the time when I did, I, I got embarrassed. It's very embarrassing. All right? It's very humbling. You feel like this, you know, you're a big dummy, and why did why'd you ever get, let yourself be so deceived? That's the question that, that I've, I've asked in my life. Like, how can I get like this? But listen, we're human. We make mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We've all believed maybe someone's lying. Join the club. The important thing is that you, that you wake up and you come to your senses and realize the whole scheme, the whole plan, that, that it wasn't true. It just was a deception. Uh, 
I learned a big lesson a few years ago. You're like, why are you talking about scamming? Because I want to just hold on. I want to share with you something. A few, year, a, bit, a few years ago, I got scammed. All right, I got into a car lease, and I really wanted to get out of it because it wasn't working right in my situation. And uh, a car company contacted me through email and then through the phone and offered me a program to get out of my lease. I thought it was an answer to my prayer. Like, man, yes, Lord. It looked super real and everything, but it was the enemy trying to cause chaos in my life. And it was so bad that I got caught up into, um, I made the news in Lancaster. I did. It was a professional, multi-federal scam, a Ponzi scheme that I got myself involved with. You're like, how did you do that, Jeff? I don't know. It just happens. Life happens. We can get deceived. And I'm going to show you the clip. We have the clip from the news. You can see what I got myself into right now. Jeff Dean was the victim of a fraudulent scheme that centered on his 2017 Hyundai Elantra. I thought it was like, you know, too good to be true. Look at the questions. Jeff and his wife, Allison, signed up online with AccuOne Financial for its get-out-of-your-lease program. The company promised to take their car, make the lease payments for six months, and then buy out the lease. That never happened. There were empty promises, and at the, in, in the end, you know, they had my vehicle, and we felt like we were really, really stuck. The Deans came to Lancaster State Police with their story. A trooper here conducted a month-long investigation, and the court papers indicate that he uncovered a number of other similar victims. Michael Salerno of Chester County, who also went by the name Michael Taylor and ran the company, is facing a slew of charges, including fraudulent business practices. This guy was very, he was very professional. He's a professional con artist. Why do you have to scam people? And it's against the law. So like, why would he choose to do that? I don't understand it. The deans got their car back, but it cost them. They had to pay for a new engine and other repairs after it was damaged by the person who leased it from AccuOne. Susan Shapiro, WGAL News 8. Jeff Dean was the victim of a fraudulent... Yeah, we don't want to watch that again, okay? <laughs> that brings back some bad memories for me, trust me. Yeah. Well, listen, if, if I can get scammed, if I can get deceived, Lord, anyone's up for it. Anyone can get like that. And it was one... And I took the bait, and it was only the Lord who got me out. Actually, if, you, if I sat down with you, it's literally a 40-minute story, 45-minute story. It's like a dateline. It could have went on dateline, if you ever know that. Um... You know, we felt stuck at the time, me and my wife, and it was like our world was crashing. Like, it's just, it just a, a knot in your stomach a lot, and you have to give it to the Lord. And it was only Jesus who rescued us, and we were able to get our car back. And looking back on that situation, listen, I wish that I could have seen, uh, seen that scam for what it was, you know? I, was, I, I really could wonder, like, if I can go behind the curtain and really see what the truth of that is. I wish I could, you know, I was trying to fix my own, the problem on my own strength, but I wasn't seeing clearly. And I wish I was. Speaking of seeing clearly, who's ever here has, who wears glasses in here? I wear glasses. Yes, sunglasses, maybe you wore those before. When glasses get dirty... What? We need to what? Wipe them off. We need to clean them because smudges get on them. Unless you have these super 
$1,000 lenses where they don't get smudgy. Anyway, I don't have those, but they get smudges on them. It's harder to see. Listen, I tend to walk around with dirty glasses, and it's one of my wife's pet peeves. It really is. She's always asking me, how can you see in those things? My, my sons are guilty. My, my youngest is guilty of that as well. I just say, guess what? I can see fine, you know? I get used to it, you know? But, when I, but she goes here. She hands me uh, one of those glass cleaners, and we clean them off. And when I usually clean them off, you know, I, it's like, oh, my goodness. It's a huge difference. I can see so much clearer, you know? I begin to wonder, why didn't I do that much sooner? It took me so long to wipe off my glasses so I could see better. Anyone feel me today about glasses? All right, anyone who walks around with dirty glasses, husbands, yeah, look, all right, you're like, clean your glasses, you can see better. But the reason why I don't do it, I'll be honest with you, I'm just lazy. I'm just lazy. I'm content with seeing through dirty glasses. I'm like, you know what, it's okay. I can see, you know, I can't see everything, but I can see, okay? Um, I believe some, though, in here, in a sense, are walking around not with physical dirty glasses, but walking around with dirty spiritual glasses. You think that you can see God clearly. You think you are seeing the truth. But in reality, it's, it's not all that clear. God may be showing you and revealing truth, and, and you're just missing it. Maybe God's trying to do something in your life, and you're just missing it. You can't really see that well. I have good news for you. You, can, you need to come to Jesus, and he can clean up your spiritual lenses so you can see him clearly again. You can you see all that God has for you. Sometimes you, you can only see uh, limited in front of you, but when you clear out your, your spiritual vision, you can see the bigger picture over here and over here. It's so important that we do that. But, you know, as I was lazy with... My physical glasses, not clearing them. Sometimes we get lazy as Christians. You know, we're, we're content with what we see, but God's calling us to grow and to mature, to use, use us in mighty ways, and we need him to just kind of clear that off, right? We need, we need new vision, clear vision. See, God has so much in store for us. He has so much abundant life for us. As we sang earlier, he is good and he is great. He's not done with Bridge Community Church, amen? He's not done with us. He has much, a lot for us to do in this community. There are many people who are hurting and broken and are lost that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And maybe you're in here today, you're man, I need to hear the good news of Jesus. I have good news. He's here today. Jesus is here today. He loves you and he has abundant life for you. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that may have life and have it to the full. See, the enemy, the devil, wants to destroy you. He doesn't want you to have a good time. He wants to destroy your life. But Jesus has life for you. He has abundant life for you. Jesus doesn't want you to live in, uh, in deception, but he wants to live in freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He wants to bless you. Turn your neighbor and say, Jesus wants to bless you. Jesus wants to bless you. He is good. He wants to give you good things. He wants to bless you in your life. 
So how do I know if, if I'm, I'm walking around with spiritual smudgy glasses? How, maybe I'm walking around in a type of deception. There's only one way. There's only one way that we, we, we won't get deceived. It is knowing the truth. I've titled my message today, Knowing the Truth in a Deceptive World. And we, we need to be able to see clearly so we don't get deceived. In order to see clearly, we need to know truth what that is. Jesus says in John 8, 32, it says, then you shall know the truth. Everyone say truth. And the truth shall make you free. If we know the truth, we can identify a lie or a scam. If I've only have known the truth of the company and the history of the guy who scammed my wife and I with our car, we, have, we would have prevented a lot of heartache. Trust me. If I only knew that stuff, but I didn't know. See, we live in a culture, a world that says that is true and this, that is true. You know, it says that there is no truth, that we make it up, right? What are we supposed to believe? In this confused world, we are desperate for God's help to help us find truth. No longer can we rely on our own strength, our own logic, our own reason, our own effort to navigate the challenges of life. Listen, we've left that place. We will need God and his help. We will need the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to abide in him. We need him. We need Jesus in our lives. The key question I have for us today is this. How can we identify the truth? So how do we do it? So if you have your notepads or notebooks or your phone out, I encourage you to take notes this morning because I'm going to give you a lot of good nuggets and a lot of good stuff that we can start applying to our lives as we move forward in our spiritual journey. First, we need to know what truth is. The Bible gives us an answer. It's not a simple answer, but the Bible gives us three aspects, or I'm going to call them, I prefer three coordinates of the truth. And you'll need all three coordinates to be in place in order to identify something as true. The first coordinate, you'll see it up on the slides, is this. G- well, that's the wrong slide. I don't know how that got in there. But it's Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. So don't look at that. It's Jesus is the truth. Uh, see, there it is. Um, I got to look over my slides better. But Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no truth apart from Jesus. If you don't know him, listen, I'll give you an opportunity later to know him, to know the truth. The second coordinate is God's word is the truth. God's word, it's our Bible. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is, everyone say, your word is truth. You know, people say it was written, you know, by people. It was, but it was directed by the spirit of God. Through your Bible, the character of God and the purposes of God are revealed. That leads me to last coordinate. The third coordinate is the Holy Spirit is the truth. 1 John 5, 6 says, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. 
And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. The Spirit is the truth. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit later this fall. And so you're going to learn all about Him and who He is. But the Spirit is the truth. So in order to know truth, you need to ask all three coordinates. That's important because, listen, you can hear a great message about Jesus this and Jesus that, and, 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 and it's all good, but you need to check your Bible to see what was said was true about Jesus. You need to know that. Or you may hear, you have someone talk a great deal about the Spirit and moving of the Spirit and, and what the Spirit is and to know the Spirit, but you need to check your Bible. If it can't be substantiated, then it isn't the truth, even if it's, if it's what you want to hear. Or someone may preach a message, all right, quoting chapter and verse, but if it lacks the presence of the Spirit that brings life to God's Word, it's burdensome and not freedom. Listen, the Pharisees were good at that. To be sure you have truth, you need to have these three things in place. Number one, is it true to Jesus? Number two, is it true to the Bible? And number three, does it have a witness of the Spirit? That's why more than a casual knowledge of your Bible is important. You know, daily to exposure of God's word, it's so important. It matters in our life. We need to know the truth. If we don't know the truth, then deception can come even to the best of us. You may, may say, well, Jeff, I've been a Christian 20 years. I'll never get deceived. Don't say that. That's when you're prideful can come in. You need to be on guard because the devil does prowl around like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. And I hope you never get deceived. I hope that's true. But don't think that you're immune to it. We talked about truth, but I want, want you to get a grasp on the next phase as we got truth. So what is deception? What is deception? So deception, in Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what, what is false or invalid. Deception there thrives on half-truths, manipulation, and confusion. Satan, the father of lies, seeks to distort God's word and sow seeds of doubt. He, he appeals to our desires, preying on our weaknesses, and he's pray, he preys on our vulnerabilities. Like I said, the Bible says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking he may devour. Basically, if you believe the lie, then you have been deceived. That's what sin kind of is. We, we believe something that's not true, right? We believe a lie, and we succumb to that. See, deception can come into our lives very easily. And there's one primary door that is identified in Scripture. That door is pride. It opens up the door to deception. I want to go back to the beginning in Adam and Eve in Genesis. See, God made Adam and Eve, and they had a relationship with God. It was perfect in the garden, all right? God walked with them. God talked with them. God even gave them a purpose and a job. It was, it was God and man together, and, and something happened. God... God uh, told them in Genesis that you may, not, you may eat of any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will certainly die. You see, we all have a choice. God has given us a free will to choose. Relationship 
with God is based on choice. We're not just robots, okay? God commands us to love him. No, we choose to love him. We're not programmed, but we're in a relationship with him. We choose he's given us free will. In this story, Satan comes along, he lies and distorts what God said, and he deceives Eve. And he says to her, did God really say? Did God say? Basically, he said that, he's like, that's not really true. Come on, do you really believe that? Listen, all it takes is a seed of doubt. And a seed of doubt had, had entered Eve's heart. How many of you here have been deceived on that same trick? Did God really say? Did God really say you won't get hurt? Did God really say, like, it's a manipulation? Then he appeals to her pride and he lies to her. He, said you, he says, you can be like God. You can know right and wrong. In Genesis 3, 5, it says, The serpent, the devil, said to Eve, For God knows that when you eat from, your, from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll become like God, knowing good and evil. We know the story. She gives into temptation. She gets deceived. But then hands the fruit to her husband, Adam. He eats it. He gets deceived. And sin has entered into the world. And death would come to the human race. See, see, Satan appealed to their pride. Adam and Eve were not satisfied with who they were and who God told them that they were. They wanted more. They wanted to have more. And they took it in their own hands to do that. They didn't stop and they just didn't go to God and ask when the servant was talking to them. They didn't say, God, what about this snake in the garden who's offering me this? What, what can I do? Should I do that or not? He, they didn't do any of that because it appealed to their pride. See, we talked about the goodness of God. God made everything in the beginning good. and He made them good. But in this moment, they didn't seem like they were good enough that they got tricked in wanting to be like God, that God was, in a sense, holding out on them in the garden. And they weren't satisfied with what God had given, and they wanted more. And it led to their disobedience and deception. See, not much has changed since the garden. Mankind is still a creature of pride. We are still believing Satan's lies and giving in to deception. We don't believe. Some of us, I just think some of us here really need to hear that God loves you. And he is a good God. Listen, we are made good. We, are made, we, we need to believe that today. You see, God is the father, I mean, sorry, Satan is the father of lies, and all deception originated with him. Satan is the father of lies. John 8, 44 says, Jesus is, he's talking to the Jews here. He says, you belong to the, the father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and father of lies. He's the father of lies. And we need to recognize his MO. We need to recognize his native language, it says his. The question is I have for you is, have you bought into any of those lies this morning? Maybe about your situation. Do you think God is holding out on you like Adam and Eve? Another question is, do you think God is the one who has hurt you? Do you blame God for what's happened in your life? 
that's a serious and, and heavy thing at times. I, I've been angry with God to the point where I've run away from him. And I got very depressed. I didn't like the cards that I've been dealt. Maybe you were, you've been there before. I would blame God for my situation and, and my pain. But God had to take me back to his goodness. That God is good. See, the enemy, when we start to blame God and be angry at him, he's laughing because he's framed God for what he has done. He's deceived you and put the blame on God. But he is the one who's done it. He's the one who destroys. He's the author of sickness. He's the author of disease. Yet some of us shake our fists at God, but he's, just, he's the one who did it. Satan is. God loves you. He's a good and great. He restores. He redeemed. He has so much for us. Some of us, you need to take the smudge off your glasses this morning because you, you, you're looking through smudging and you think God did this to me. When in reality, Satan did this to you. And God wants to restore your vision today. And welcome you with open arms. Say, it's okay. Come back to me. Come back to my grace. And then, then you can go and fight against the enemy and put the devil in his place. Because he's the one that causes pain and destruction. If you don't believe God is good, like I said, you're looking through a dirty lens. You, you begin to filter everything you see through that lens that God is not good. If he is not good, then what? He must be bad. And like I said, he's the one you believe that hurt you. He's the one that caused this. Don't get deceived like that, church. God wants to bring you out of that deception. Saints' whole mission is to destroy your life. Death and destruction is his MO. Don't take that bait. Don't take that bait. God is waiting with open arms, and he wants to set you free. Freedom. You shall know the truth, and the truth will, shall make you free. We need to know it, not just hear it. Because we can hear it and go, okay, that's good. But we have to know the truth. And the truth, that verse is what? Make you. It's set you or make you. It's, it's forming. It's almost a process. It's going to make you free. See, the truth has been under attack from the beginning and is being attacked in our culture and our world today. There's a survey done by Barna Research among teens and adults on how people determine truth and make moral decisions. So I'm going to set this up. So it's a survey on how people determine truth and make moral decisions today, okay? The most common answer that was given was doing what feels right and comfortable in a situation. That's alarming. Other popular answers that were given... They determine truth and make moral decisions based, it's, on the basis of the values from their parents. 
Next one, whatever would make them the most happy. Next one, whatever outcome would produce the most beneficial results. Next one, whatever they thought their family and friends would accept from them. This is the, world, the way the world operates today. They don't know truth. They think it's subjective. They think it's relative. That's how they're trying to figure out truth these days. Can I tell you, it's very comforting to know that God is the source of all truth. I don't have to try to figure anything out. I can just go to the Bible, my Bible, and see what God says about it. Listen, it may not always be popular, but I know that it is true. It becomes the guidebook for our lives. And the great news is we can know truth. It's available to us. And that truth brings freedom. You shall, the Bible says, you shall hear the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Freedom. It's about freedom. God wants us to be free. See, we can use those three coordinates like I talked earlier about, all right, to help us not be deceived. Because God wants us to live in freedom. Jesus is the truth. The Bible is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the truth. And Satan loves to distort every part of that. He, he twists it. And he twists the meanings of words. We live in this cultural revolution where everything has been flipped upside down. What's wrong is right and right is wrong. People are wondering, am I really going crazy? Because I heard like two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. That's the reality of what we live in today. Unfortunately, people don't know truth. But Jesus is the truth. Let me affirm you, the truth has not changed. God's still on the throne. His truth still stands. What is happening is Satan is trying to change the standard of truth. If he could change the terminology of truth to fit his narrative, to fit his agenda, people would be confused. Satan has targeted and brought confusion in many areas of our community in our world today. He's brought confusion in creation, in marriage, in gender, in masculinity, in femininity, in sexuality, and in the family and with our children. He's trying to confuse our children and the next generation that follows us. He's out to work to deceive and confuse we desperately need God's truth to clear up the confusion. He is the hope. He's the way we can clear things up. Only then we can have peace. And only then we can have freedom. That's what God desires. 1 Corinthians 14, says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Everyone say peace. peace. Who wants peace? I do. I want Peace. That's what we all need. We need peace. And who is our peace? Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. Truth brings me into, listen, truth brings peace in the midst of chaos and confusion. It brings freedom as well. Let me give you five concrete guidelines that will help you know truth. I'm going to put something in your hands. If you have notes, write them down, okay? This is how concrete guidelines. Number one, truth is objective. It's not subjective. 
There's no such thing as my truth versus your truth. It's just the truth. Number two, truth is universal. Truth is true. Truth is, truth is true across all nations, all cultures, at all time. It's not selected to a certain people, time, or place. Like 2 plus 2 equals 4 should be here in America, in China, and also in Africa, South Africa. It doesn't matter what, what that is. It's 2 plus 2 is 4. It's a universal truth. It's a, it's a fact. If we say it's sunny here, and then we go to Russia, it's sunny there too. We know the definition. It's the truth. It's sunny outside. We feel the, the rays on our arm and, and we see the sunshine and it brings a shadow. These are, truth is universal, the truth. Number three, truth is absolute. It's not relative, relative to anyone, everyone's situation. Truth does not change. Jesus is the truth. He says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He is the truth. His promises are what? Yes and amen in Christ, right? They don't change. There is an absolute truth. There is a standard that, that we can go by, that we can live by. It is absolute. So people say, well, there is no absolute truth. We'll turn that statement on its head and say, is that truth? Is that statement absolute? We need a standard to go by, and God has that standard for us. Number four, truth is eternal. God is the author of truth, and he, he is eternal. His words are going to live on. His word will live on forever. Number five, truth is freeing. We can know the truth, and the truth can set us free. Freedom from sin and death and the bondage of deception. When we know the truth, we can know salvation. It is freeing. You may say, that's great, Pastor Jeff, but now what? What are my next steps in knowing the truth and getting free? That's great. I know all about what truth is, but what do I do about it? As I close today, I want to equip you with, give you five more things, but these things are practical things that you could do now to get truth in you and either get free from deception or keep you from it. These are, these are what you need. First and foremost, you need number one, get Jesus. Jesus is the truth, and he wants you to be free. Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. If you don't have him, you want a relationship with him, you can join me. I would love to pray with you at the end of the at closing of my message today so you can receive that free gift. Number two, get a Bible. Physical or digital, it doesn't matter. The Bible app is free on your phone if you have a smartphone. Uh, in that Bible app, it's called the Version app. It is free. It's on Android and iOS on your iPhone. You can go. There's many Bible plans for you. There's many uh, translations on there, uh, the, many devotional plans to get you started or get you going. There's a whole year Bible program, uh, a whole year Bible reading program you could do. Actually, we'll read it to you. If you're like, I don't really like to read, you can just hit the play button, and I'll actually just play the scripture so you can listen to it in your car or at your work or in your, wherever you're at, on the phone. I mean, on, you can listen to it from your phone wherever you're at. It's really good. I encourage you to get a Bible. If you want a physical one, you can come talk to me after service or Pastor Paul. We would love to get you a physical Bible in your hand if that's your preference. But we want to equip you with the Word of God, with the Bible. Next thing is, uh, actually the scripture here is, all scripture 
2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, All scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, which is us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has good works for us, and we need to be equipped, and the scripture does that. Number three, get wisdom. Pray and ask God for wisdom. Ask a trusted leader, pastor, or parent about their thoughts and opinions on a situation. Sometimes they can point out truth when you can't see it on your own. You need help. Get help. Ask someone, a trusted friend, pastor, leader who knows more about that situation. I wish I've got more wisdom before I got scammed with my car, but I didn't. I wish I had this message. I wish I had this point. But God brought me through it. So you can, you can, um, you can get wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and to be given to you. God gives wisdom for free. Don't you love that? Free wisdom. Sign me up right now. All right? Number four, get discernment. This is a biggie. Those who have Jesus have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Holy Spirit gives you discernment. It may look true. It may sound true. But it can be a bait and a switch. For example, in Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul and his teams were interrupted by something that looked good. Look, I mean, looked true, sounded true, but the source was not true. Acts 16, 16 says, Once we were going to a place of prayer where we were met by a female slave who had a spirit, but she, by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. See, the fortune telling spirit, as we know, if we look back in context in the Old Testament, was a demonic spirit. It wasn't a God spirit, okay? And it, this spirit enabled her to predict the future. And, it, with, and also with enough accuracy, she was making a lot of money off it. It was just a one-time thing, but she was doing it quite often. So you may say, listen, you may hear something that that's true, but doesn't mean that it's from the Holy Spirit. We need to know what's true and what's not true. Acts 16, 17 says, She followed Paul and the rest of the shouting, these, men's, these, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. That is a tr- that's, look, that's true, right? They were, they were out there. They were going to a place of prayer. They were servants of the Most High God, and they were telling the way to be saved. Every word that that, oh, that that woman said is true, but it, it wasn't from the Spirit of God. And that's how deception can come in at times. It can sound really, really true. So Acts sixteen eighteen says she kept up this for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, "In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her." And at that moment, the Spirit left her. Paul had discernment to realize where the source was coming from. He knew in context in the beginning it was a demonic uh, fortune-telling spirit. And he put up with it for so long and he said it had to go. And he cast it out because it wasn't of God. It had a wrong motive. The satanic motive of that was to steal, kill, and destroy. There was something up to this woman, this spirit, Maybe stealing people's money because she was giving fortunes. But it wasn't the road to life. And Paul had to put a stop to it. 
He says, yeah, I, I can't take it anymore. It's got to go. It's bothering me. And sometimes we need to, when we have discernment, we, we need to recognize what that is. We need those, like I talked to you earlier about, those multiple coordinates. We need to know the, the practical guidelines that, that I shared to help us have discernment and pray for discernment. God, is this, is this from you? Or is there another spirit behind it? The Holy Spirit will let you know. Number five, lastly, get love. Listen, we can no longer sit by and see our friends, family, and the people we have live in deception. But there's a way that the Bible directs us to do it. That way is in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. I love that word, too. We will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. We need to remember what love is when standing and sharing the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 tells us what love is. And you might want to always, when I read this passage, I put my name inside there just to, to make sure that I'm doing those things because that's what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It, it doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And last eight says, love never fails. I'd rather you not speak the truth if, it, if, it do, if it's not done in love. It won't be received. It could cause a lot of hurt and make matters worse. Bible says we do things out of love. Uh, we don't do things out of love. We're just a, a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. We're just a bunch of noise, and that noise does not help. As I close today, I know some of this was heavy this morning, but I do want to encourage you. I really do. My heart is broken for the people in this world. God loves each and every one of you. And he loves people in Lansdale and this community. And a lot of them are blinded. A lot of them are deceived. They need to know truth. They need to know truth. As my pastor, I just wanted to come and hear a good message and Show me how to learn two verses and I can be on my way for, for this week. You know, that's all good. But I think God's calling us to do more. God has a purpose for each one of you to satisfy you, to fill you with his goodness and greatness. He has a mission for you. The Bible says we're saved and we're called. And I pray that you get the heartbeat of heaven on the inside of you. When you're at your job, that God's heart would beat for those lost people around you. When you're a family and God, God's heart would beat for those in your family who don't know you, don't know him. God wants to use each one of us. He really does. 
I'm all for comfort. I love comfort. You know, a lot of times we love to be comfortable. But I think we're moving into a direction where our comfort's going to be challenged. God's causing us to move forward in him. He's going to equip you with something great to do. He's giving you all talents and abilities. What are you doing with the talent that he's given you? What he's doing with the giftings he's, he's given you? Use it for him. He will bless you. Trust in him. He has so much for you, church. He has so much for you. We have a world to save. God's looking at the harvest and say, the harvest is plentiful, but my workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers to go into the field. I pray you come in this every day, get equipped so you can go out into the harvest field and live out the calling God has on your life. I pray that. Jesus is the truth. Know the truth. This world needs truth. If the, if, if the worship team can come this morning, I want to pray with you. A couple of prayers I want to pray with you. Number one, if you're here today, you're saying, I don't know Jesus. Or maybe I know of him, but I don't know him. And you say, you know what? I want to know him today. Maybe it's your first time or you want to recommit your life to him. I want to give you that opportunity to know truth because he is the truth and he will set you free. He's the person you've been longing for your whole life. He's the best decision I've ever made and many of you here have made. He's the one that brings freedom to the captives. He heals the brokenhearted. He's the salvation for our souls. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Jeff, thank you so much for this moment today. I do want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make a recommitment to him. Maybe I've ran away from God and I'm not doing what God wants me to do and I've left God. And maybe today I've blamed God for everything. And I've, I've shaken my fist at him and said, God, it's all your fault. But today, I realize, I see clearly, Jesus, that you love me. You have so much for me. and You want to give me freedom today in my heart and my soul. Jesus, you died over 2,000 years ago for our sins. You were raised a new life. God wants you to know that today. If that's you, I want you to pray this with me in my heart. We can all pray together as well. So don't single anyone out today. And if you're here, you've said that prayer before, say it again with those who are praying it today. Say, Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my sin, of my past, and make me new. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose to new life. You're coming back again for me. Forgive me, Jesus. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. 
Help me to know truth, the truth that can make me free. I love you, Jesus. Thank you once again for this new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, please talk to someone about it. Talk to me. I have one more prayer. Is this, if you're you've been walking around with smudgy glasses and people are telling you, hey, they, they got to get clear. Your spiritual glasses, you need to see again. Maybe God is saying, it's time I, I start cleaning them off. And I need to see God's bigger picture. I need to see God's purpose for me. I need to see all that God has for me. That I just don't want to go to church and go through the motions and check the box every week that I worship on Sunday. But I want to live this abundant, this full life that God has for me. And it's time for me to wake up and, and, and find out who I was made to be. To go to the next level in your faith and your faith journey. And to know truth. Maybe you've been deceived. Hey, we all do, we've all been deceived in some way. But it's time to, God, give you freedom. It's time to set you free, to clear up those glasses. If that's you, I want you to pray with me today. Because I believe it's going to be a God moment for you today. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for truth, the truth that makes us free. And I pray today, God, I pray for those people that have been deceived or blinded in some way, or maybe they just don't see clearly. Maybe they're just having tunnel vision. I pray that you would open their eyes to see all that you have for them. God, that you would open their eyes to see your goodness and your grace and your love and your freedom that that you have for them, God. I pray for those, God, who, Lord Jesus, who are struggling every day to make everything, that you would bring joy to them, God. Where does that joy come from? It's a fruit of your spirit that you produce in us. You produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and generous and self-control and the faithfulness, God. It's the heartbeat of heaven that we can walk around in this world and these things can be produced out of us. Oh God, we long for those things. We long for your love. We long for your joy. God, give us more of yourself. Open up our eyes to see what you have for us, God. What you have for this church to reach our friends for you, to reach out the lost who are hurting that need to hear truth. Help us, oh Lord. Help us, O Lord, to take steps forward in you. Give us your heart, I pray. Give us your heartbeat. And we will walk, God, and we won't grow faint. That will take your truth with us. That will have the, the three coordinates. You are the truth, Jesus. The word that you've given us is the truth. God, in your Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us, that greater is he that's, that's in us than he that's in the world. That the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead is alive and well within us. I pray you would speak to our hearts and allow us to realize, God, who we have and who we are on the inside, God. God, wake up your church to become more. I pray, Holy Spirit, you have awesome things for us. We thank you, Lord. We pray for those people today walk in your freedom, that you would set them free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you hear if you said any of those prayers, I would love to talk to you. Uh, the prayer team is going to gather.
you need prayer, come forward today. We'd love to pray with you for any of those situations. Or if you have a need on your heart, whether it's financial, physical, we'd love to pray for you. So uh, prayer team, come forward and get stand along the front. And as we, um, we play this last song, we, if everyone could just stand with me at this time. sing the song, but if you feel like you need to go at this time, feel free. The entrance is um, open now, but if you want prayer, linger around, and we can pray for you today. Thank you guys so much. God bless you.